This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. So welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to break down Romans chapter 14. We'll have two more chapters left and we will be done with Romans. Then we're going to be moving on to the Gospel of Mark, which will cover uh, the, all four Gospels. So I started with John and then went to Matthew, then no, Luke, then Matthew. So when we do Mark, it'll finish off the Gospels. Um, before we get started in Romans 14, why don't you lead us in prayer? Mm. Please. Thank you, Father, for your word, that it doesn't come back void, but it accomplishes what it is sent out to do. So we ask you for wisdom. We ask you for revelation and understanding, discernment, and increase in the knowledge of you. We want to hear what you have to say, Holy Spirit, and we ask you to illuminate these, this word so that it becomes rhema, and that we are not hearers of the word only, but we are doers of it. Help us to live it out today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. So today we're going to cover, um, I don't want to say controversial subject, but it, it, as Carrie says, it's it's two sides to this story. So, um, But just I want to recap the book of Romans just real quick before we get into 14 and we'll flow right through it. But Paul's been writing mostly to the Jews for the uh, first 10 chapters, telling them that just because they're Jews doesn't mean they're, they're right with God. Just because their forefather, Abraham, had a covenant with God doesn't make them right with God. Um, and he also tells them that, you know, they can try to keep the law all they want to, but they're going to fall short. The law can't save them, even if, you know, they did were to keep the law. And nor would that cutting off that private part flesh of circumcision when they were eight days old, will not give them the right relationship with God. And Paul emphasizes to the Jews in these first 10 chapters that they have to put their faith in the Messiah, Jesus. And of course, he's talking to Christians. So these people have at the church in Rome. They have put their faith in God, but he's also talking to Jews outside of this. If it would might get wind of this letter or even read the letter. <clears throat> and, um, and, you know, the Jews, they... A lot of Jews rejected Jesus as their Messiah. Um, and so then he's going to switch gears and go to the Gentiles. And he tells the Gentiles how they, they because the Jews rejected Jesus, the Gentiles have been grafted in mm-hmm. to the root Thank system. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And a Gentile being, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. It's that simple. Um, and Jesus, of course, always, he told his disciples, he says, I've got sheep that are not of this fold talking about the Gentiles so it was always God's plan to bring in the Gentiles but all through the Old Testament they were on their own because <laughs> the Jews were the chosen people and that was part of the problem here in, in the book of Romans is the Jews uh, and we're going to see this in chapter 14 but the Jews kind of looked down their noses upon the on the Gentiles mm-hmm. you know they didn't get along at all in the Old Testament or even in the New Testament um, and so um we got to Romans 12, and, and, and Paul tells them to um, offer their bodies as a living sacrifice and to renew their minds, to fo- basically to focus more on God, basically telling them to devote themselves to God, right? And then at the end of chapter 12, Paul takes a drastic shift in his letter 
telling the church to love their enemies and to bless their enemies. And that's how we can show love is by blessing our enemies. Very difficult thing to do. But then in Romans 13, he's, he tells kind of who those um, enemies are when he says to obey the authorities. And so we, in the uh, last podcast, we broke down Romans 13. What's the last two podcasts, I guess? Mm-hmm. Talking about being obedient, which would have been hard for um, the Christians to do so, especially the Jews because of Nero and, and the Roman emperors and how they persecuted the Christians. And it would be very difficult. And Paul saying, love your enemies, bless your enemies. And they're sitting there getting their heads chopped off, getting poured oil poured on them and lighting up Nero's gardens. So very difficult thing to do. Um, and so today, we're, like I said, we're going to start Romans 14. And um, it's basically Paul talking to weak believers and strong believers. In other words, some who's drinking the milk and some who's eating the meat. And so he's telling them to, to be careful not to cause each other to stumble. When that, and that's, you know, the, what I was telling Carrie a while ago, the, the whole point is to uh, honor Christ, to glorify God by the way we live, by the things that we eat, by the things that we drink, whatever. In, in, in this particular chapter, though, Paul is breaking, uh, he, he's sticking with food. And, um, well, we'll talk more about that in just a second. Let me, let me read uh, Romans 14, 1 through 4. Paul says, Accept other believers who are weak in the faith, and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. I'm using the New Living Translation. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't, and those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive approval. So, what's the context of this? these, these first few verses here? If you think about it, the church at Rome is made up of Jews and Gentiles. We've discussed this in several podcasts. And the Jews, they didn't eat just anything. Right, some foods were clean and some were not. That's right. Even though Peter has the vision in Acts chapter 10, and God says everything is clean, you can eat it, and Peter tells God no three times. I ain't eating that. You said it was unclean. Now you're telling me it's clean? I'm not eating that. And so there was a struggle with that. We see this with, with, with the Jews. They've, they've had the law for thousands of years. God says you don't eat this, this these foods because they're unclean. And, uh, and so they 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 still try to follow the law, even though they've been set free by Christ. But they it was hard to let go, and that's what we've been talking about. Jesus, dudes, it's hard to let go when you've been taught something your whole life. It's hard to overcome that, let it go. Mm-hmm. And so, if the church in Rome is made up of Jews and they've got a certain diet, they can't eat certain foods because God said it was unclean, even though now it is clean. But they stuck that. And then you got Gentiles, on the other hand, who didn't have God throughout the Old Testament. The Jews were the chosen people. And then the Gentiles, they eat pig, you know, bring home the bacon and fry it up and, you know, slap it on a big old pork burger or whatever, a big barbecue sandwich. And they, 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 
they would eat food that was offered to idols. And this was hard for Jews. So when you put this in, in the context and you put it in their culture and get it out of the modern day culture, there's a, there's a, really a struggle going on in this church. Mm-hmm. It, probably in all these churches that have mixed with the Jews and the Gentiles. You got a thought? Or no? You looked at me like you were going to want to say something. No, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, Paul starts out by saying, he says, accept other believers, which tells me there's there's a struggle going on here. That They're not accepting of some of them, of these believers. Uh, some of the believers are rejecting others who don't measure up to their standards, kind of like the Jews, looking down upon the Gentiles. They're eating pagan food, mm-hmm. and they're not supposed to do that. Um, and so, if, if you think about it, we, we see this even in today's church. Not not exactly with food, but but with other other situations. Um, I worked as a youth minister at a church several years ago. Well, okay, many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I I had no a skate- condemnation. <laughs> yeah, no condemnation. I'm just getting old. That's all. But I'm still skateboarding. Um, but I had the skateboard ministry, and we basically when I this is a white collar church. You know. The, Prominent people, bougie people, as we say, bougie people, and about two two fifty, and some of them had children. So there, we had a youth group, not a big youth group, but we had a youth group. But when I built the skateboard ramps and started the skateboard ministry, we went from like twenty to a hundred, like overnight. And all these new kids were coming from off the streets and from the neighborhood, and they didn't look like the church folk. They didn't dress like the church folk. They didn't sound like the church folk. They were smoking cigarettes in the parking lot. I had girls kissing girls. Had all kinds of stuff going on. And uh, it was a challenge to a white-collar church. And unfortunately, the elders nor the people in this congregation never got to know any of these kids. And they labeled them as the skateboarders. Never knew any of them's name, never had conversations with them, never got to know them, never invited them into their homes. They were just the skateboarders, and they were in which automatically segregated those kids from the church kids. And so, this it's kind of what's, what's going on here. It, it's we're white collar, we're bougie, and they, they don't look like us, they don't sound like us, they don't even believe like us, they're not Christians, and uh, therefore, you know. We're not going to have anything to do with them. Right. So like Jews, Gentiles. Yeah. It's the struggle. It's a similar struggle that's going on, in it, I think, in this church at Rome with with this food thing going on. You're eating. I'm a Jew. I don't eat that stuff because God said it's unclean, and I don't want to defile myself before God. And you're sitting here eating bacon, mm-hmm. and it's been offered to an idol down, you know, down the street and you know, been sold in the marketplace. And you paid money to buy that pagan food. Now you're going to grill it and eat it. Who do you think you are? So. so how do we make these worlds come together? <laughs> well, that's what Paul's working on here. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to say where I want to go here. Um, 
reading between the lines in this chapter, it seems like there's there's a power struggle going on between the Gentiles and the Jews, and there seems to be some divisions, which shouldn't be, like the church in Corinth, right? That church was really messed up. But there seems to be maybe some divisions going on here, which come naturally because of the Jews and the Gentiles. They Naturally, they didn't get along for thousands of years in the Old Testament. They didn't get along. Uh, and now they're, they have come together, and they're worshiping God together, which is why I think Paul started out the letter the way he did in Romans, telling the Jews in chapter two, "Don't judge, don't judge," because he he starts listing all these sins in chapter one, and he talks about how people have um, rejected God, but God's you know fingerprints are in creation, so they really have no excuse. And then in chapter two, he just starts hammering on the Jews, and he says, "Don't judge these people, because you're sinners too." And so I, I, I think, in my opinion, this, that's where he was going with this letter, um, talking to the Jews and the Gentiles and trying to, because his whole point is unity. And we, we talked a little bit about unity. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about it today too as well. But Because the whole goal is for God to be glorified, for Christ to be uplifted and exalted, and for the church to keep continue to grow. And anytime the enemy can step in and cause division, right. And then it starts breaking down. Right. And the enemy doesn't have to work very hard mm. to invalidate what the church does if the church can't get along within itself. Hey, you want bacon right. on that cheeseburger? Right. If we're gonna if we're gonna be divided amongst ourselves, then he doesn't have to work very hard to stir up trouble or or to get unbelievers to be like they can't even get along in and of themselves. Yeah. Why do I want to be part of that? And they see that. They see that. And you hear and you hear that come from outside. The outside noise. From unbelievers. We can see that even today with people wanting to say, Well, you you can't eat meat. You have to be vegan. You know, oh, anybody yeah. who doesn't eat That's a good point. Doesn't eat all vegetables and, and eats, you know, meat is wrong or then there's different sects of veganism that mm-hmm. won't eat dairy, won't eat butter. Oh my gosh, did you put butter in that? Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole nother sect of people that are Christians that say, oh, you have to use this Bible diet. And, you know, God even said, don't eat pork. Well, that's true. It, it, I mean, pork is a pretty filthy animal, but, um, you know, we don't live in those days where those pork is were. good <laughs> it's the other white meat <laughs> but you know you can hang yourself up with your religious ideas on anything yeah mm-hmm. and that's what Paul is trying to break down those those walls that divide us stop judging each other stop already if that guy's master said he can eat that then he can eat that and Quit trying to put your two cents in. Your hunky dory stuff on. Yeah. Just quit judging. Yeah. And we're gonna, they ain't gonna we're help. gonna dig into that a little deeper in a few minutes. What Shake you're up the ground, all my tradition, break down the walls, all my religion, your way is better. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> you can keep singing. <laughs> So when someone has, when somebody's been a Christian or been following Christ for a long time, 
generally, they should anyway, know a lot about the Bible. Like, you've been a Christian for over 20 years because Shelby was talking about the other day when we first started doing the podcast together, and Shelby was talking about how knowledgeable you are and I am, but I've got a degree in Bible and been studying it since I was in third grade, and you've been studying it for 20 years and sharing it. And the more, I always said that people should teach the Bible, like in a Sunday school class or something, because it forces them to learn. Mm-hmm. But um, people who've been Christians for as long as we have, it, they don't need to be sucking on the milk bottle anymore. They need to be what way in the meat, right? And being, right. you know, knowing the word and sharing the word. But um, so when people have been Christians for a long time and and they know a lot about the Bible, it's easy to to kind of be impatient, if you will, with, with uh, weaker vessels, because there are those in the church, like it, authentic, even. You know, I think Pastor James said something about it the other day, or you maybe me you were talking. I can't remember it all runs together. But we was talking about how there, there are some... Yeah, because I, I was asking you, because Pastor James says all the time, does that make sense? Does that make sense? And you said, yeah, the reason why he's saying that is because you got strong people in the faith who've been Christians for a long time, like Pastor Rod, Pastor Larry, and others. And then um, then you got new people who just was baptized and, or come to A couple to weeks ago, yeah. A couple weeks ago, so... So I get it. And, but so what we have to do as the stronger vessels is have a lot of patience, have a lot of grace, right? Right. Give them room to breathe, if you will. Give them some grace. Don't argue. That's the worst thing that we can do is argue with these people. And, and I think I told you all in the uh, prep time last night about the, the guy who, <laughs> when, I, when I was going to the Assemblies of God back when I was like 19, 20 years old, and uh, I was having this conversation with this gentleman, and so I just didn't think nothing of it. I just propped my foot up on the pew and and was just resting easy and having the kind. He just just hauled back and just slapped the fire out of my leg and knocked it off the pew. And I'm like, what, what in the world's going on here? And he says, brother, please. I'm like, what? What did I do? And, and he's like, have respect for the Lord's furniture. And I'm like, what? It's it, it's a piece of wood with padding on it. It's a pew. And he, this chair. place is holy ground, you know. And you're in the sanctuary of the Lord. And I'm like, no, I'm in a, I'm in a building that was built by man. And, you know, God is, I'm the temple. He's in me. He's He's in you. He's not necessarily in the furniture. But but uh, I was <laughs> I was chastised for putting my foot, you know, on this. On so, the pew. Yeah, so obviously I, I uh, offended this brother in Christ. All right, Carrie, Carrie's over here flipping out. All right, go ahead. There's your two sides. Exactly. There is your perfect two sides of that. He has a, an extreme reverence for the place that the people of God show up to worship and for the Holy Spirit to flow through. Now, well, I, what, I but what's the difference in that in the bathroom? We gather in the bathroom. There is no difference. Well, I know. If you want to kick your foot up on the commode, you feel free to do so. <laughs> and glorify God doing it if you want to. I but I, I ain't going to be in there with you, brother. I might want to hike my leg every now and then. We digress. But, <laughs> but you're saying, I hear what you're saying, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the, that's the two sides. That's the two sides of... He thinks and he believes with everything in him. And yes, there should be a reverence 
and a respect because this is where we gather. This is where we want people to come, knowing we want to get them saved, we want to get them filled, we want to get them, bring them into the church house, we want to bring them into the fold. We don't have all these church homes around that you can say, come on over on a Sunday. Oh, that's not the holy, holy day. You got to do it on a Saturday. Yeah, you well, know, what about Wednesday? Wednesday? Oh, you're doing it in the morning? It's got to be a night. No, you know, we can split the hair a thousand different ways. Yeah. But the point of, of this scripture is don't judge. Yeah. Because he had his place and that's where his heart was. Yeah. And your heart was, dude. It's a, it's I, a, I, yeah. I didn't mean to hurt your holy chair. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? But God isn't in that chair, brother. Yeah, and what Paul's saying here is I could have argued like I could have told him I could have told him how ignorant he was being. I could have argued with him and I you know, I could have easily And made division. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure he could have argued that with you as well and said No, lost. aren't you being aren't you being disrespectful? Right. I mean, and from his perspective, that's what you're saying. Yeah. From his perspective, he was absolutely in the right, yet you were also in from your perspective in the right and that's exactly what it's saying don't use this to cause division don't fight over these things come together but what do we like to do though as people just people in general we want to fix somebody if we think they're wrong we're going to prove that they're wrong then we're going to tell them how they can be right right well we all think that we are right yeah because but i'm always right right Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I do things right. And if not, I would do them a different way. And that would be right. Yeah. That would be the correct way. Um, but this is what he's saying. Don't, don't look at each other with contempt. Don't treat each other with contempt. Whether because of what you eat. Um, and, and later we get into one day more sacred than another. Right. That's the next little section. Yeah, and if you think about it, you know <clears throat> the Jews they, they they were God's chosen people. They they had the law. They had the the covenant with God. The Gentiles had nothing up until they were allowed in in Acts chapter ten at Cornelius's house, and the Holy Spirit falls on the, the Gentiles. So, um, it would and when you read the first ten chapters of Romans, it seems like the 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 Jews are a little haughty. The word you used the other day, a little prideful. Mm -hmm. So. Toward these Gentiles, that that's just the impression I get when when I was studying the letter. Um, well, because they believed that the Messiah, if, if they were Christians, and that was a coined term, um, but if they believed in Jesus, they believed that he was the Messiah, and he wasn't their Messiah. He was the Jews' Messiah, mm -hmm. the one that they had believed for all these hundreds of years. Why would they want to share such a glorious thing? Yeah. Especially with a bunch of Gentiles. Gentiles, those filthy, wretched. Exactly. Leg casting up on a commode thing. <laughs> Heathens. All right, we'll move on to verses five through nine. Get in, get into this one, this more holier day than than the other days. Uh, Paul says, in the same way, something one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. 
You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is, is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him. Those eat those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord. And that's the key right there. Since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to, to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to, to be Lord of the both the living and of the dead. Um, so some examples I, I thought about um, in studying for this, this podcast was, um, you know, most churches meet on the first day of the week, right? What's the first day of the week? Sunday. That's what we say, right? Sunday's the first day of the week. Um, but however, in reality, if you go back to Genesis 1, the evening and morning was the first day. Right. Saturday is 6 o'clock. And there's nowhere in Scripture where God authorized the changing of this. So t- technically... Saturday at six o'clock is the first day of the week, which is why PM right. I believe it's Acts chapter twenty is when the church met. Paul gets to preaching, guy falls out the window, mm-hmm. dies, and uh, Paul goes down and resurrects the kid and, mm-hmm. and the young man. They come back up and then they have communion, and then Paul preaches some more all night long. All night long, mm-hmm. yeah. And so you know, but the and you know, my Church of Christ background they're huge on you meet on the first day of the week and you do communion on the first day of the week well if you want to get technical that's saturday night at six o'clock so we should be meeting at saturday night at six o'clock instead of sunday morning at 10 o'clock or whatever right mm-hmm. so there's got to, what you were saying a while ago there's got to be some grace in here there's got to be some a lead way with some of this stuff i had a, a the first church i ever worked at I won't tell you where it is on, on, on the podcast, but when I got out of college and we moved to this certain state and I'm working with this church, small church, there was this man who we had two services. We had a Sunday morning service. We had a Sunday evening service. He would never bring his family to the Sunday evening service. He was there for everything else, but he would not come to the Sunday evening service because we served communion after 6 o'clock. And even though the church service started at 6, it's after 6, which technically means it's the second day of the week and not the first day of the week. And you're supposed to serve communion on the first day of the week, according to their beliefs. And so, therefore, he would not bring his family or he would condemn us for even having a service after 6 o'clock. And it's the second day of the week. Did you tell that you were going by England time or Somebody well, else's and and doesn't the scripture tell us every time they they met together house to house, having communion, right? Talking about the they actually met every day. When the, the apostles' first doctrine, right? Um, and every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So so why why okay? Here's another thing that I think we discussed a little bit last night. I know I've mentioned this to you before, but. All Ten Commandments, except for one, are repeated in the New Testament. So they're all still legit, except for one. And you hear Christian Christians, people at church say all the time, Sunday's the Sabbath day. It's not. Sunday is not the Sabbath day. Mm-mm. 
the the, the Sabbath day, Friday remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, is not repeated in the New Testament. And what you just said, the early church met every day, every day, for a while, in the, at the temple, and then they started meeting in homes. Mm-hmm. So. There's, there's no, really no certain day that we are to come together. We're just supposed to come together any day. Do not forsake the, the gathering. Yeah. Which is why we, you know, at Authentic Church, at, was it 322 Lindsay Street? <laughs> it's on Lindsay Street, I know that. Yes. Uh, 10, 10 a.m. on Sunday. Come see us. Uh, but we have tribes, which is our small group. Mm-hmm. And we meet different times through the week, you know. And so... Uh, it's kind of like we are, you know, in a lot of churches do small groups. So it's kind of like we were doing what they did in the book of Acts. We don't just meet on Sunday mornings. We meet all through the week. You know, at different people's houses and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so there's really no, because the Jews would be big on this. They had their feast days and their holy days and, you know, their certain kind of days. And you got these Gentiles who are in the mix now and they're like, man, what's the big deal? We can worship anytime. Um, I started to go in a different direction. Because, you know, there's some people that don't even think you have to go to church at all. True. To be a Christian. And that may be true, but they're missing out. <coughs> they're missing out on a lot of stuff. All right, so just for time's sake, we'll move on. Uh, verses 10 through 13 says, uh, So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer remember we will all stand before the judgment seat of god for the script in other words you're going to give an account of your life for yourself nobody can do that for you you're going to answer to god for yourself for the scripture says as surely as i live says the lord every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to god yes each of us will give a personal account to god so let's stop condemning each other decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall and then you know, I started singing the old DC talk song. What if I stumble? What if I fall? What do you want? Carrie's got something to say. What what number of scripture is that? Fourteen. What? Uh, ten through thirteen. I thought we were in Romans fourteen. Yeah, Romans ten. Yeah. No, Romans fourteen, ten through thirteen. Oh, ten through thirteen. Okay. <clears throat> I I just want to back up, just for a second. You said that that, um, that there were right some time? people that say that they don't they don't even have to come to church. No, that's what people say. Yeah, that's yeah. what people say. So, are you saying that people that's okay or that's not okay? That's not my call to make. But well, I, I know what I know what Hebrews ten says. Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. That's true. But now, didn't we just say that church was anywhere where two or more are gathered? Mm-hmm. So, but what if you're by yourself on the golf course or out in a boat and there's not two or three, it's just you? Right, okay. So I have this friend of mine who does not go to church but is a Christian and this person says that um, they have church whenever there is someone else that comes before them and they start talking about the gospel. They start talking about Jesus Christ and they can feel the Holy Spirit come in and aren't they having church? Do they actually have to be with three people or four people? 
or does it have to be a designated actual place? Does there have to be worship music playing? Does there have to be, what is the designated, this is church. All I go this is not All church. I go is on the examples throughout the New Testament. And you don't, you don't see individuals. You see a body of believers. I'm not saying individuals. I'm saying we're two or more are gathered. Yeah. So if this person is with one other person, are they not having church? You can have church by yourself. I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not saying no, they're, I'm not, I'm saying not saying this person is by themselves. I'm yeah. saying they're with somebody else. Yeah. I just know that my point is that they're missing out. Because the Hebrews 10. Perhaps. Because if you, if you isolate yourself, the enemy's going to, I mean, what are you going to do? The enemy's going to come in against you. Oh, for real. And you're not going to have a partner to, to, uh, have your back, like we say a lot. For real, a threefold It's a. I'm not saying they're not saved or anything, but it's it's, it's a dangerous road to walk. It's a sucky it, road to walk. Yeah, it's not it's not meant. To, we're not All meant by to be yourself. To do this alone, right? Especially because I mean, if you think about it, and you put this in context, these people are dying for their faith. They're being persecuted. They're losing their heads, literally, and being tortured. We we don't experience that here. So yeah. It's no big deal for us to go to a golf course or go sit out in a boat or be on the lake or whatever. Yeah, but you're talking, you're talking something completely different. You're talking about wasting time. No, no people I, say, I, no, I, I've had people tell me. That they go out and they fish and they commune with God alone. Yeah. And that's great time and everything, but that's not church. That's, that's what I'm saying. But you're saying... But what I'm saying is church is where two or more are gathered. Like, for instance, we are here in this room and we are having church. 100%. So is this person, if they're with at least one other person and they're trying to understand Jesus and they ask the Holy Spirit to come and show them, are they not having church even if it's just with one other person? 100%. But so see, that, but see that, that, but that, to me, that that's... Kind of fulfilling Hebrews ten, and but but because you got an accountability partner, you have somebody that's got your back. I'm, I'm talking about people who are by themselves. Because people, I've had people literally tell me to my face, "I can worship God out on the golf course. I can worship God, you know, out on the boat, out on the lake." Oh well, I can. Yeah, well, I can too. <laughs> but I, but I meet with a body of believers every week. Right. I play on the worship team. In addition team. with that, yeah. In addition with that, that ain't enough. No, that, that's my point, and that and um, because this this life, I mean, life is hard enough. Christian life is is hard, and if you're in any type of ministry, it gets even harder. And and you, we have to have one another. I hear you. To spur one another, spur one another on to love and to good works. Mm-hmm. Because those people were being persecuted and dying, and, they're, they, and it, the whole book of Hebrews was written to encourage these people to quit leaving Jesus and going back into Judaism, which can't save them anymore. And so he's encouraging it. And if, if you're by yourself, who's going to encourage you? No, if the Satan's going to come along and discourage and destroy. But I think a lot of those people that. Are, are that type of person that I can worship God on the golf course. I can worship God riding my horse through the mountains. and Those are a lot of people that have been hurt by <clears throat> religious people and they don't have any desire to come back and be I've been there. judged, 
one more time. And, and that's what Paul's talking about here. Right. Hence the reason for the chapter. That's the very Don't reason for the chapter. Good judge point. each other. Just quit already. But it's what we do as people. Not even as Christian. Just take the Christian out of it. The Jesus out of it. We do that as people. We, uh, we, we, I look at Shelby, and, and I'm not saying I do this. I'm just saying. We, we look at people and we like me well I got I'm covered in tattoos people see me and they instantly they don't know me they don't know my heart they don't know anything about me they never know me but they look at me and they in their mind as soon as they see me they put me in a category and that category it, it fits in another category I'm either going to associate with that guy or that guy's a freak and I don't want to be anywhere around him and most of the time it's the other way because I see how they look at me and then when you try to talk to them they look at you like you're an idiot like why are you talking to me you scumbag and, and but that's what we do. Then you put Jesus into it, and we're, in, and we're not supposed to judge, and we're in the church. Well, we do the same thing, even in the church. Lord help us. Mm-hmm. Lord help us. We do the very thing that Paul says, "Don't do." Right. And, and and what we do is, we take the Word of God, which is the standard, and then we beat the crap out of people with it. Well, I got another one for you. <laughs> Go ahead, because we're getting something deeper in just a second. Okay. There's another one that people don't want to go to church. They don't want to go to that building because they don't have nice enough clothes. They can't be bougie enough. They can't. They don't have the right color hair. They have. They don't have this they don't have you know they make up in their minds what they need to have in order to be clean enough for christ to love them to be accepted Mm -hmm. we all want to be accepted and when there is judgment when and and that's the judgment comes when we are walking out every day out there in the streets that's the judgment that you were just talking about i ain't gonna talk to you because you got tattoos. Well, I ain't gonna talk to them because they look like they smell bad. I ain't gonna talk to them. Or do smell bad. Because <laughs> it don't matter. It, it don't matter. God mm-hmm. loved them. Jesus loves them. Mm-hmm. They'd be it, welcome at all in church. But that's why they don't want to come because they've been so indoctrinated by the years and years and years of abuse and kicked and treated like a dog like the rest of those gentiles they were treated like dogs yeah mm-hmm. but you know what we're, we're to do in that situation when we know that they're like that and they've been hurt then we got to be gentle and kind and loving and show them the real jesus and show them absolutely if they do. stink who cares go give them a hug you'll stink too i have multiple times in my walk with the lord when I, when I encounter those people that you just know they're hurt and offended. And generally it was by somebody who represented the church. Somebody who represented God. Somebody who was in some sort of authority in a church or um, in, in a religious organization that su- was supposed to represent Christ. I often will take it upon myself to apologize to them. And sometimes they're kind of thrown off by that. They're like, well, you didn't have anything to do with it. I said, no. I am so sorry that you were hurt by somebody who represented Christ and didn't do it well. Hmm. And for all of those those of us who are trying to walk the walk and talk the talk, I am so sorry that you were hurt. 
And is there anything that I can do to, you know, to bless you or to counteract that? To rectify, yeah. Right. Um, and can I, can I tell you that not everybody is that way? I'm so sorry that you were hurt. And again, sometimes they're like, yeah, but you didn't have anything to do. I know I didn't. But for those of us who are trying to walk it out well, in authenticity. So effort, didn't he? Right. Yeah. yeah, right in front of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? Well, if this man knew who this woman was that was pouring this oil on his feet, he wouldn't be talking to that woman. He wouldn't let that woman be pouring that oil on his feet. Touching There's no him, way he's the right? Messiah. Right. Don't touch him. But that's what we do. That's what we do. All right, so... Lord help us. Let's get deep here for a second. So, Paul... In this context of this chapter, he's talking about food, right? And these, these, the Gentiles and the Jews. Um, but let's take it just a little step further because the, the same principles apply here for some of the stuff that we talked about last night. So let's stop condemning each other and decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. And I told you last night about... So my a church uh, that I used to go to uh, when I was younger, in my 20s... It, it was growing beyond leaps and bounds. We we were running almost 400. We baptized so many people that year. Just families, young families, it was just growing like crazy. Well, across the street, and I mean literally across the street from this big old church building was a beer joint, a nasty, skanky beer joint. But they had the best cheeseburgers in this town. And so I'll go there and get a cheeseburger <laughs> at this beer joint, which means... There's a great possibility that a church leader or a church member could drive by and see my vehicle at the beer joint. And what's the first thing they're going to think? I'm there to get a beer. No, I'm there to get a cheeseburger. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes I would go to the drive-thru and they hand out the brown bag <laughs> through the window. You know, and I'm grabbing the brown bag. Well, what's in that brown bag, boy? You know? It wasn't, a, it wasn't a tall boy, and like it was a cheeseburger. But the first thing they would think was, why is he at the beer joint and he's drinking? And then, then you know, then, then that's how rumors get started. Right. When you're famous, saying here lately, mm-hmm. that's how rumors get started. But that's what we do. We 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 don't take the time to get facts and information. We just start thinking and. Um, and start um, accusing and spreading rumors or whatever. So, um, how can I word this? We gotta be careful not to cause, there, there's gotta be some grace, there's gotta be some mercy, there's gotta be some, um, what, leeway? What's the word I'm thinking? I'm trying to think of? That, I mean, because what I was asking y'all last night was, um, let's take alcohol for an example. When I was pastoring full time, and we'd have Bible studies in our home, well, what if some what if somebody shows up in our home, and they see a fifth of whiskey in my counter? You know, they were looking for the glasses because they were thirsty, but they opened up the part of my ca- the cabinet that had the fifth of whiskey in it, and they see that and they freak out, and it just they just it, they just lose all hope in me. They're not going to listen to anything I have to say that night because they think that. This certain person thinks that drinking alcohol is completely wrong. That you can't even have a sip of alcohol because you follow Christ. 
And you're supposed to keep away from all appearances of evil. Mm-hmm. So where's that? So we can do that with alcohol. We can have that discussion with movies. What we talked about last night. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and I wrote down uh, in my notes Harry Potter. You know, the witchcraft thing, Stranger Things. You know, my own daughter loved that. I mean, she's toured the places down in Georgia where they filmed that. Um, the music that we listen to, hey, I, I'll listen to punk rock. I'll listen to some pretty nasty, not so Christianese music. Mm-hmm. And it comes from my skateboarding days. But I like it. It's fast and it's easy to skate to. It's kind of hard to skate to oceans or, you know, or um, <laughs> some of these songs that we sing in church, you know. It's slow and, you know, methodical. and Mellow. To a skater, it's boring. <laughs> You know, um, but, I, but I think it when you do, I, I hear what you're saying, but when we do um, let our eyes gaze on, you know, the witchcraft stuff like Harry Potter or Stranger Things or, you know, whatever they are, you know, pornography or whatever, even if it's just a glance in some... CI movie, you know, CSI movie or whatever it is. It it is a um, a searing of our hearts, where we're not turning away from that evil. We're not mm-hmm. separating ourselves from that stuff, and we get so used to it, and just a little desensitized, bit more, right? mm-hmm. and just a little bit more until, well, that's not really. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. I can watch that stuff. It's mm-hmm. okay. Well, I'm raising my kids to be different. I want them to want something else. Mm-hmm. And making them God-hungry is my goal. My mm-hmm. one goal. Mm-hmm. Making them hungry for the God thing. But I never sheltered my kids from stuff. Well, I, I didn't, I, I, I'm not sheltering them. They, they turn it on, and I'm like, do you really think that that's yeah, so that's a, yeah. Do you really want to? What, how is that glorifying God? Do you want to glorify God? When you walk out of here, what are you going to be thinking about? Are you going to be thinking about Jesus and the blood and him being up on that cross? Are you going to be able to go out from watching that and go out and love on somebody the way you should? Or is your mind going to be going... Gee, I wish I had a little bit of spell that I could throw on them and save them from that pit. What What's it doing for you? Yeah. What's it doing for you? Because God is for you, not against you. Right. He is always 100% for you. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I'm not a judging. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the things that can divide us, right? right? Yeah, whether it's it's music that we listen to, things that we read what we watch, um, what we drink or eat or don't eat, right? What we stay away from or, or what we choose to engage in, those are the things that we can become easily judgmental about towards other people. Right, and, and, I'm, not, and I'm not And that's what he's telling I'm us, don't, don't judge each other based on these things. But I agree in that, you know, when we know better, we do better. Right? right, as in, in he talks, he starts out the chapter saying to those who are stronger in the faith. Right, how how are you looking at people who are weaker in the faith? You know, somebody, um, it's 
somebody judges this day more sacred than another and another one says yeah all days are alike somebody says these these foods are clean and somebody else says these foods are all alike it's all good you know so there's um that we've got to have grace with each other and not be looking down our noses disdainfully at one another but i think there is wisdom in um you know, I'll, you show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works, right? That we need to have both faith and works coming together. You know, and as we, as we know better and as the Lord reveals things to us, he's going to peel some things off. And that may look different from one believer to another. Yeah. But ultimately, we have to give account to him. And you're right, you know, I mean, does it glorify him? Have I, have I listened to what I feel like you've convicted me of and, and been responsive to that? Have I been obedient to what you, you, okay, you convicted me of that. So I'm going to stay away from that. I'm not going to put that on you because you may not have had that same conviction, but I, I want to, I'm going to stay away from those things. We do that though. We pass our convictions, our personal convictions, onto each other. Right. Like I take my hat off when I pray, and you says it's no big deal. But is that a, a personal conviction or something that I've, you know, it's been taught my whole life that because I'm from the south and you're supposed to take your hat off, you know, when you pray or at your supper table, and you don't put your elbows on the supper table, blah blah blah. You know. Well, I put my elbows on the table sometimes, but anyway. But that's what we do. We we uh, we pass our convictions off on other people, and we try to, um, and that's what he's saying here. You, you, can't do that and don't argue you want to the, the goal is is to keep unity and to honor christ so mm-hmm. well, we'll finish up uh we'll read 14 through 23 and finish it up and we'll be done i know i'm i know and am convinced on the authority of the lord jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat but if someone believes it's wrong then for that person it is wrong because they're violating their own conscience and if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. So if you come to my house and you see a fifth of whiskey, which you won't because I don't buy fifths of whiskey. I buy, oh, the, yes. I buy my little bitty ones. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford the fifths. <laughs> but if you, if you come to my house and you don't believe in drinking alcohol, then guess what? It's going to stay in the cabinet and we're not going to drink. You know, It's no big deal. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Then um, that's just a, you know an example. Um, but if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. You don't want you don't want to cause them to stumble. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life. Yeah, living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony. There it is. Let us aim for unity in the church and try to build each other up. That's what the Hebrew author says. Right. Mine says, let us therefore make every effort. There's effort involved. Yeah. What? There's work. There. <laughs> let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace. Mm-hmm. And to mutual edification. Yeah. 
mutual edification, building each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Because that's who you're going to give the account to. Right? Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it because you're violating your own conscience, is what he's saying. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. So, the whole point of this chapter is Paul is wanting the Jew and the Gentile to be unified, to um, work in harmony together for the Lord and for God, for uh, Jesus Christ to be honored. Mm-hmm. And, and don't we, judge. And don't mm-hmm. judge. Daggum. Right, and I love what verse 22 says. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. And that's a hard thing for us to do because we think that we ought to air out all of our opinions. <laughs> My opinion is correct. Yeah. How about yours? Is your opinion correct? Always. <laughs> yeah. Even if it is is divergent from mine, yeah. um, well, we keep have... keep those things between yourself and God. Yeah. Blesses the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. And who set the standard? God. God. God dropped the plumb line, and everything's measured from the plumb line, not mm-hmm. our opinions. Right. And I don't have to give an accountability to you or you or you. I have to give my accountabilities to God. You, know, you might not like what I do, but if it doesn't violate my conscience and God says it's okay to do it, you're going to have to have some grace. <laughs> and I'll try not to offend you. Which goes back to what Carrie started off with. It, it, there's always two sides, and there's a fine line, and you have to, we have to be careful because we don't want to. Because if we do cause somebody to stumble, I mean, Jesus laid, you know, he, he laid some groundwork on that. He said it's not good if you cause another brother to stumble. But couldn't you say, and, and just let me read this in Matthew seven one, he says, "Be not judges of others, and you will not be judged. For as you have been judging, so you will be judged, and with your measure." That toughness, mm-hmm. will it be measured to you? And why do you take note of the grain of dust in your brother's eye, but take no note to the bit of wood which is in your own? Or how will you say to your brother, let me take out that grain of dust from your eye, when you yourself have a bit of wood in your own? You false one. First take out the bit of wood from your eye, then you will see clearly to take out your grain, the grain of dust from your brother's. It, you know... He's saying your brother has a grain of dust, but you got a freaking plank. Plank guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me help you. Let me help you get to know the Lord better. Yeah. That's a good point. Don't judge. Mm-hmm. Don't judge. What is it to you if she decides to break her alabaster box and pour it all over him? Mm-hmm. It ain't yours to begin with. And she was preparing him for his death. And he called Jesus. Well, she didn't even know that. Yeah, and Jesus called it that Pharisee, yeah, Simon. He said, uh, "He said you didn't even wash my feet when I come in your house." And she's she's washing my feet with her tears. And with this oil. All right, well, let's pray. And we'll be done. Father, just thank you for 
the book of Romans and the challenge that, that Paul has issued to us as believers. Just thank you that you are the standard and that we will give an account for the way we have lived our life and for the things that we've done and have not done. But we're so thankful for the blood of Jesus that washes every sin away from past, present, and future sin. That washes us whiter than the snow. That we are under grace and we are are under your mercy and we just thank you for your compassions and your mercies that never fail not thank you for forgiveness thank you that we can lay our heads down at night and sleep in peace because our sins are forgiven and we know that we have an eternity to spend with you just thank you for the food that we can eat the the drinks that we can drink the things that you have blessed us with and thank you lord that we can do we can worship you in spirit and truth without persecution in this great country that uh, that we that we live in and we just pray your blessings upon it Lord we just ask um, that we would not argue that the, the, the brethren the sisters in the church Lord that we can live in harmony that we can live in unity because there's power in unity Amen. and we just pray that you be glorified in our lives be glorified in our churches Amen. Because when you are exalted, Lord, you draw people to you. And that's what we desire is to honor you in the way that we live each and every day. And when we gather together as a body of Christ, we want you to be glorified. Thank you for it all. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Anything you want to add? Amen. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.